So, how's the weather? Jesus. <laughs> what did we, what did we, no, no, no. What did we just discuss off air? You're stifling my free speech. Emily, listen, There. if you tell me <laughs> that a conversation is off limits, then that's the only limits that I can see. <laughs> it is so true. Like, you are, yeah, you're pretty good at doing exactly the opposite just because. No, we don't have to talk about the weather because you're right. We are before we got on air. This is literally so we always talk about like, do you have something to say? Do you have something to say? And sometimes the answer is no. But Emily was just like, we'll just talk about how cool we are. Yeah, and then Jason wanted to discuss the weather, which is so well, it's balls hot. Well, it's like you know what? It's like balls raining here, and it won't stop. Okay. And it's- so annoying just to put into perspective how fucking hot and humid it is here and i assume somewhat there we just opened our our laptops or our you know to to facetime each other and we had to wipe away the fucking condensation off of the little cameras so we could see each other that's true because i was sweating walking back from trivia do you really think that makes you sound cool yeah. It makes you sound so nerdy. Yeah. Nerds do trivia. Nerds do podcasts and mm. nerds nerds really do podcasts about documentaries. That's true. Um I I do consider myself a nerd, but I never do as well at trivia as I think I should do. Mm. Like there's always I don't know about yours, every time I've ever gone, like since college, there's always like a team or two that take it like really seriously and they know everything right, and right, they right. like are they're like there to win the free appetizer ha! You, you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, yeah. like they fucking show up to play and i'm like i don't so i don't know anything. i think we i think we might be that team but we're we're kind of this is our, we've, we've gone three weeks in a row now my team we're called the orange jackets um for almost no reason but we kind of um forest gump our way to victory not that we've ever actually won but we kind of look at each other's like do you know uh, a cat that doesn't retract its its paws well uh what about uh what about uh cheetah boom put down cheetah and then cheetah's right um right and that's kind of how we operate on a on a guess until we win basis sure sure but we've done well that way that's super fun, man. Mm, thank you. Um, Do you know where the longest fence in the world is? It's what country has the longest fence? Fence and not wall. That's right. But even if you were including walls, it's longer. It's longer than the Great Wall of China. Yeah. What fence? You gotta, you gotta at least take a guess. I did the Great Wall of China. It's Australia. Australia has the longest fence. What is the fence called? Um, I'm not sure. It or was it literally like where has the longest fence? Well, I mean that was the answer. Was just Australia? What country has the longest fence? I think it's for like um, dingo control. <laughs> I don't. I don't really. <laughs> I know I, that sounds fake, but it's probably real. Oh no, I wasn't joking. But it is. It is some way about <laughs> like I think pest control or something like that. Um, the answer is Australia, and now you know that shit. Dude, I'm thrilled. <laughs> thrilled about it um i'm trying to think if i like learn anything 
Well, I told you this was very cool when one of the answers was Brandeis. I was mm-hmm, like, oh, mm-hmm. that's so personal to me. But here's the real question. Did you get it correct? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, so, th- okay, so this one did some, like, real intense categories. I don't mm-hmm. know if yours does this, but, like, all of the answers for this round had Bran in it. And then in another one, everything was based on kids in the hall, but it was kids or hall. So, like, the answer was either kids or hall? No, it just had to do with kids okay. or hall. Like, one of the questions was... That's a was, very Chicago inside baseball category. Dude, yeah, which then I confused with strangers with candy, so I was confused. Mm, those and are then, not actually, even kind of similar. Actually, uh... Isn't Kids sh- in the Hall sketch comedy? It's... Do you, what do you consider it? It's very weird. Oh, no, it's weird. I guess that's true. Isn't but that it's... this one with this, I am squishing your tiny head? Isn't that when he squishes the tiny heads? Is that one? I. It's um, it. It's not actually David Spade, but it's a David Spade lookalike. It's a bunch of Toronto dudes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I confused it with Stranger with Candy, which is Second City people, but it's it's more like Chicago Second City people. Sure, 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 sure. But then, no, they, they did a movie round, and it was all Bill Murray movies. So if you want to make fun God. of it being for two Chicago, God. it was definitely a whole category. And the answer Bill to Murray. every question was Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day was not the answer to any of them, and that was the only one that I would have known, or Osmosis Jones. I was really hoping for some Osmosis Jones. I would have never. I can't. <laughs> Um, 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 uh, a life aquatic. Uh, it means, means nothing to me. It's, it's got Bill Murray on the cover. He's in a submarine. Does nothing for me. And by yeah. cover, I mean, um, well, I guess, yeah, cover of the DVD. The DVD case cover. Mm-hmm. There was one, there was one category that was cool, which was, like, I, I told you off air, whoops. That's why we shouldn't, we should not no. be friends except for one hour a week. No, you were walking me home. You were my you were my escort. It was necessary. I shouldn't I shouldn't That's be able when to, you should have on a on a on a Friday at two PM I should not know if you were alive because I should only be speaking to you when we on were recording. Tuesday. Yeah. Right. No. Um there was a cat cool category uh that was pictures and it was um blurred out movie posters. So you had to guess what the, the movie was from the the blurred out poster. That was kinda fun. But, but the problem with all these picture categories is then, like, I can't seem smart later at, like, a cocktail party. You know? Because... Well, because, like, you know, if I was at a cocktail party and someone was, like, building a fence in their backyard, then I could be, like, say... No, I hate you. you. Did you know Australia <laughs> has the longest fence in the world? And then they'd be like, wow, that really puts into perspective my fence issues. And then we'd be really good friends. You know? That was like a long way to go for like. It's a long fence, Emily. No. <laughs> it's a long fence. Uh, so spe- this week. Speaking of. No, I was about to. I was about to. It was going to be so fucking smooth like a like a really like over over churned oatmeal um this i don't know i don't eat you know you want it to be lumpy this week speaking of longest fences and other superlatives other superlatives uh longest greatest smallest largest house in america question mark 
So this week we watched Queen of Versailles. Bingo. <laughs> you got that question right. Oh, thanks. Another point to object twerk. You're welcome. Also, fuck you for that name. Like, can you think of a more Chicago name? So we can't. Sorry, segue. We, my friend and I came up with it because when we were in school, we had to present ourselves as an improv duo, and our two names that we came up with were Object Twerk or Yes Anderson. Uh, <laughs> so tonight we put on our Object Twerk pants. It's fine. Um, yes, we watched, we watched Queen of Versailles, and god damn was I into this. Um... I'm going to keep watching it a lot, but basically it starts out as a documentary about this couple building the largest single family home in America at 90,000 square feet. Um, and it starts off featuring them building this mansion and then the stock market crashes and then you get to see what it's like when you're a billionaire, but maybe bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you you wrapped it up in a, a cute little shell there. All right, so I obviously liked it. What, how, how you feel? Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. There's like so many delicious layers. Mm-hmm. Um, this move, this documentary gets like a ton of praise. Uh, it's like darling of Sundance. Everyone loves it, um, except for the people in it. That's interesting. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think there. If this were, you know, like I, I kept thinking, like if this were assigned. Uh, for like high school students, there are so many different lenses they can write about. They can, they, you can look at this through. Um, so I'm curious, like what, what like struck you? Like what was the thing for you? What was, what's the first thing you need to talk about to get off your chest? That the husband may have done illegal things to elect George W. Bush. <laughs> so <laughs> like, fucking casual. I, I can't. I like. Here's the thing. I'm like kind of overwhelmed to even talk about this because there's so many angles to come at it from, and there are so many things that I'm just like, oh my god. But striking details that like made me go, huh? That was one of them. He says for he says sure. it's so casual, but also like with so much pride uh, that he helped p- potentially rig the 2000 election. Um, and they're from Florida. Like, I can't right. believe he said that out loud on camera. Right. Like, I don't know what well, he did, so but oh my God. From his Wikipedia page, um, I don't know if these things are what he's talking about, but he did do, like, he did go above and beyond to support George Bush. He, um, you know, he has thousands of employees and he did a survey and he only, um, and he, like actively encouraged the Republicans to get registered to vote and actively did not encourage um, the Democrats to register to vote. He, they, they um, uh, put shifts, uh, like they, they staffed people on election day who were more likely to be Democrats than the people who were Republicans. Like he did a bunch of fucking shady things Jesus. just in like his own little. Yeah. And cause Bush only won by a couple hundred votes in Florida. So but yeah, the, I mean, the, yeah. The part where he's like, um, you know, I may be responsible for the Iraq war. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, so David Siegel, who is, so maybe we should, so, the story opens up on uh, Jackie, I want to say last name's like Mur, Mur, it starts with an M. Sure. Maybe Murray. Uh, 
Uh, and Bill's she, cousin. Yes. She uh, grew up... In Binghamton. Um, in Binghamton, New York. Very modest upbringing. Um, uh, went to college and became a computer engineer in, like, the 80s. And I was, like, sh- or 70s, maybe. Like, Jesus, good on you. Very, very smart. Uh, uh her coworker kind of terrified her out of wanting to do like a desk job, so she left and became a model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then kind of married uh, Wall Street wealthy, and then divorced that guy, and then married uh, stupid real estate wealthy. Um, and now they have like seven or eight kids, and they live in a really big house. And her husband is David Siegel, who runs a timeshare company, which I am now interested in timeshares. Yeah, because it's like definitely a, a scam, or which part of it are you interested in? It's just like the concept's like really cool. Like I don't think I got it before. Um, but anyway, that's that's the summary of what it's about, and of who they are. Yeah, f- yeah, of who they are. It's it's mostly I think initially supposed to be about her. Well, I mean, uh, I don't want to be that kid in English class, but uh, it's interesting that the title is Queen of Versailles and not King of Versailles. Hmm? Okay, so, uh uh-huh. But also, when they're at their son Drew's baseball game, because Drew is clearly the favorite boy of this family. Right, considering there's eight of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. He gets a new (laughs) bike. I heard about... Drew gets a new bike, and Drew also falls off, like, a merry-go-round. Like, Drew is... (gasps) I loved that. Was that Drew? Yeah, that was Drew. I loved that. Yeah, Drew was definitely my favorite of the boys. But um, when they're at the baseball game, she's actually wearing a t-shirt that says Queen of Versailles on it. Whoa, you really really went deep into this documentary. (laughs) I literally only watched it one and a half times. I haven't even like gone Emily crazy, but um, yeah, I noticed. noticed That's like that's like a self-title situation. Uh, that or she was weirdly like they did some sort of a like sale to raise money and oh, she was wearing the merch before the DVD came out. Something like that. I I like that idea too. I know, it's fun. But anyway, yeah, she definitely wore it. Uh, but she's the extravagant one. The husband is not. Yes, yeah. Like, she spends money. Like, when they went to Walmart, why do you need multiple Yahtzees? Like, why do you... <laughs> okay, those combined Yahtzee probably would be fun. But you're right. Like, no one needs eight like... sets of Yahtzees. Well, and so many times in this documentary the family members discover that they have things like oh that's a backpack or oh that's an iguana like when that kid was like i didn't even know we had a lizard i was like dude that you have too much shit because like you should know if you have a lizard that they killed by the way yeah well it died it okay of what not being fed which is a natural cause sure um uh something that i think needs to be discussed which i'm sure this this doesn't this should not be top of the list, but it's it's way up there for me. There is so much dog shit in their house. Okay, dude, yeah. There is so much dog shit in their house. And the other thing, like, on that is that they, they would be hoarders if they were normal. 
They are like hoarders. if they have a, they are, and it it actually kind of stressed me out because for real, like their house was never clean. Mm-hmm. Like they had too much shit in their house, but like when they were in their garage and there was like a pile of bikes, I'm like, what, 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 why, why? Right. Someone, someone go through this house and throw shit away. There's too much shit everywhere. Well, and I got the sense that like, see, you have so many fucking maids and so many, so much help that like you don't, you don't need to train the dogs to shit outside because someone's right behind it to scoop up the poop all the time. Um, but like all those little like that's that's their house must smell right no it's got like honestly i found their house disgusting yes like the entire time i was like this is not for all of the help that you have and all of the time that you have or whatever like your house is so gross and like i get it they have what i think he said seven kids under 12 or something like that's a messy that's a messy bunch of kids normal yeah. yeah disgusting absolutely disgusting well and i mean just to the point of them being hoarders like you know there's being wealthy and then there's having three refrigerators wealthy like no one needs three refrigerators even for eight people like those are already huge like you don't need yeah three of them well so the the thing about their so the house that they currently live in is by no means small or anything like that it's still a mansion right their Versailles house is, is larger. Um, and I'm going to pause our video really fast so I can read this really quickly. Um, so their new house has been titled, like, gaudy and overdone and all that stuff. As, so just, like, as you could describe their fucking life, but yes. So, so this, is what, this is what they have at the new place, which is unbelievable. Like, you're just having stuff to have stuff. Ten acres of lakefront property... 11 kitchens, 14 bedrooms, 32 bathrooms, a 30-car garage, a two-lane bowling alley, an indoor roller rink, three indoor pools, two outdoor pools, a video arcade, a ballroom with a 500 to 1,000-person capacity, a two-story movie theater with a balcony inspired by the Paris Opera House, a fitness center with a 10,000-square-foot spa, Yoga studios, a 20,000 bottle wine cellar, an exotic fish aquarium, two tennis courts, a baseball diamond, a formal outdoor garden, and an elevator. <laughs> like, why? Why? I, I am overwhelmed by how much things that is. Let's, let's break it down just a little bit, right? Right? Just a second. If they had just 11 kitchens... That would already be that would already be insane. You know who needs eleven kitchens? Eleven people, not yeah, eleven families. You don't need to, okay. But then like you start at you start tacking on those things. There is no situation where a family of eight needs three pools. Like maybe the Duggars, the Duggars could the Duggars could fit maybe fit into that house comfortably. Yeah, Remember? but even that would still be excessive. Like right. It's unbelievable how much shit they're putting into one place. Do like, you, I, I can't fathom it. I, and I was thinking about, I think they, they, it was like 30 bathrooms, right? So, like... 32. 32 bathrooms. So, that means you could take a shit in a different bathroom every day for a month and still have one that you missed out on. And that's a long month. That's not even a February. That's, that's like, right. a full-on... Uh, uh, like July 
Mm-hmm. That's really true. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's such a weird way to think about it. But yeah, so so a big theme in this whole thing is this rags to riches to rags thing. Rags to riches to rags, and uh, Jackie has humble beginnings. They have a they call her a daughter, and I I believe they adopted her, but it's actually her niece, and her niece grew up completely dirt poor like she lived on a dirt floor in the basement i mean it had absolutely nothing and uh now she lives with them i just and, I, sorry i just love she's she describes it uh, uh jack not jacqueline something like that she describes it as uh she was dirt poor and now th- she's filthy rich filthy rich and i like that jean quill she was jean quill that's right I liked her a lot. I was like, you're chill. And she talks about it. She's like, honestly, it's super cool. Like, I had absolutely nothing, and now I have everything I want. And it's super fun to get everything you want. But at the same time, A, she doesn't want to be spoiled. And she's like, you also never are satisfied. Like, right. You always are wanting more. I, and like, I can see that it's definitely an addiction. Sure, because what else do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, you can afford everything, you know? And it's like, they don't have... Jackie has a spending problem, obviously. Right. So, like, they just keep getting shit, keep getting shit. But it's just cool to get her perspective on it because she seems very mature for 16 and, like, she understands what's up. But um, she influenced the other kids, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Well, they I, were like, oh, we get it. Yeah, like, oh, maybe not everyone is this, is this situation. No, because they growing up crazy. I thought uh, one of the the craziest parts of their upbringing was the the moment when uh, Jackie says, like, you know, I told the kids, like, you might have to go to college to support yourself. Right. Which is just so, I mean, like, so many, so, like, the whole American dreams, right, is pulling yourself up by your bootstrap, is, like, doing it yourself. And, like, yeah. everyone it, it tries so hard to push away you know whatever help they get even though even though simultaneously everyone wants help to get to move up no one wants to admit that they got help to move up so, right so to hear it said so boldly like that like hey you might actually have to do something on your own was yeah. shocking well and it's weird too because then what do you raise your kids to do like right of course of course they're going to be problem kids in school why do they need to be at school if they're not going to have if they don't have to worry about college or if college has never like been on the table or a future or a job like i think that'd be so hard to grow up completely directionless like what do you do when you don't encourage your kids to have aspirations right like don't it's very weird don't have both, dreams and she went to college like she, right she did computer engineering in the 70s at a time when like what was computer engineering and there were no women doing computer engineering like she is it's very impressive to me that that's the route that she went right growing up and and you know you see her struggle a little bit with staying in touch with what she knew growing up and the life she lives now um, she knows there's a disconnect, but it's almost like she can't reconcile it, really. Mm. True. How do you feel? I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like, she knows it. She knows she grew up differently. She knows she lives a different life. Right. But she thinks her rental car comes with a driver. That was like, fucking crazy. <laughs> like, that's nuts to me that, you know, I would never. We are on the opposite end of that, where if it came with a driver, we'd be like, what the fuck? Like, right. That's nuts. Right. We get a driver eating me. No. 
<laughs> but she was like, oh, it doesn't come with a driver. Well, and I think she ends up viewing... They, her life view is so much different from anyone else I've ever met or heard from, like, so candidly. Um, like, she, she mentions at one point how um, she had always thought she would have two kids, you know, one or two kids. But, like, when you have nannies, it's so easy to keep popping them out, and they're so fun to have. Uh, so, like, let's just have eight of them because I'm not going to take care of them. I don't have to do anything with it. Um, yeah. Which is wild. Yeah, the a weird sentence. Well, a couple weird things on that front was the idea that them all eating dinner together was a big deal. Mm. Um, That's true for a lot of people, though. Like my family always did family dinner, but a lot of people don't. I know, which is I don't know. For me, it was odd because we always did family dinner too. Like it was very rare that we all didn't sit together. Right. Um. So that revelation. But then when she was showing off Versailles, and she was like. And this is the staircase I would take if I wanted to visit the children. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, that was, that was, there was a lot of, I think that's, that's a good, a good thing you said where you were like sentenced. There's a lot of like sound bites in this documentary where it's just like, oh, yeah. wait, what the fuck did you just say? Like the, yeah. like the line uh, uh, where he's like, uh, I didn't even know he had a lizard, like that kind of stuff where it's just like, yeah. kind of brief in passing, like, wait a second, what the fuck was that? Yeah, no, totally. And even when he was describing it, he was like, the children have their own wing and they have their their theater where they can do whatever they do. I was like, oh, you're so disconnected. I have a, a question. Yeah. What were you rooting for for them? What was your, what was your hope? Or like, were, I guess, how did you feel about them losing everything? Were you rooting for them to get back up or rooting for them to fall harder? Well, are we talking about purely from the movie or knowing what has happened to them since? Um, I guess a little bit of both. So they did not lose everything. Right. Ultimately, his business bounced back. They were able to hang on to Versailles. I think it maybe is done soon. Uh, right. I don't really know. But anyway, so... I don't know, because he showed such this human side to being crazy rich and wealthy and a successful businessman. And, like, he certainly had a lot of those uh, uh, traits to him where he was just, like, kind of a scuzzy business guy. But he also took it so seriously that he, like, provided jobs for people. Like, he really felt that responsibility to be providing work for people. So in that regard, I was like, okay, I get it. Then, like, yeah, if you could be on your feet, that would probably be better. Um, so I didn't really want them to lose it all. I, I wanted them to stay mostly intact because, like, whether you have billions of dollars or not, going bankrupt is not cool. <laughs> you know? Like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Right. Except for maybe one person, but that's fine. Uh, but they've already declared it multiple times, so they're fine. Um, but yeah, so that was where I was at. I kind of, I kind of flip-flopped. I was like, on the one hand, because on the one hand, I think you're right. Like, I, you know, you don't wish bad for people. But on the other hand, it's like, he was so much, David Siegel and like his company was so much um, profiting off of those, uh, yeah, junk loans and junk mortgages that caused the crash. That, sure. that like... It made sense in like a, 
you know, like a Shakespearean revenge way for him to 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 feel the hurt of it. And like, yeah, his business has bounced back, but it's bounced back on the same bullshit fake mortgages and like yeah it pro- like the next time it crashes his business will crash again um right so like it's it is very tough to feel sympathetic for the guy when his whole business seems to be like kind of predatory um, sure but then on the other hand you know it's like like you said like how i don't really want to watch someone lose everything like it be it he was there was such a difference in him specifically between the beginning of the film when it was just about them building their dream home and they were in his words on top of the world and him at the end when he was just like nothing makes me happy and like he seemed to neglect his his family a little bit and i don't want to say that's okay but like when you're under that kind of stress and you feel like you're about to lose everything like I don't know. I guess he probably was stressed. Like oh, yeah. who am I who am I to judge? Like the dude is shitting bricks and trying to like keep something alive for himself. Well, so. I, I also thought it was interesting like he and his wife handled the same stress so differently where he was like, "Okay, we need to shut off all the lights. We need to sell everything we got. Like we need to hunker down and figure out how to get out of this mess." Where she was like, "We got to pretend like nothing's wrong. We got to uh, act normal, keep buying shit, and, like, just, like, live the same life. Otherwise, you know, I'm gonna be fucking depressed. And, like, she never she never articulated that, but that, I kind of read into that. That's what I decided she was doing. So, um, this is jumping ahead and spoiling some stuff, but it, it comes back to Jackie's character. Mm-hmm. So, as we discussed, one of the daughters... Uh, after this film, she overdoses and passes away. Right. Um, and so I was reading up on that a little bit, and Jackie took a lot of flack for how her demeanor was at the funeral because she was smiling mm. and laughing and not appearing in a way that people wanted her to be as a grieving mother. Right. Which I don't want to label how anyone should grieve because... Uh, everyone's going to do it differently, and it's a weird thing to react to. But she does react interesting to things throughout the movie, like you said. Um, and I can't really read her, and it's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like, I, think I you're can't right. form, I can't form a totally solid opinion on her. I don't dislike her per se, and I don't know that I love her. I'm very intrigued by her, though. Yeah, I think that's... She's a, a little odd. I think I think that's right. That, like, there's there's something about her that that never rings 100% true, and, and I don't know exactly what it is. Um, but I think that's kind of... That's, the, for me, what makes her an interesting character to watch, is, like, she's kind of off. Totally. Like, there's... She's kind of off, but but you know she's smart. Right, right. Like she ha- and, and even if you didn't know her background, she has flashes of, like good logical thoughts Mm -hmm. you know what i mean she has flashes of like understanding shit but um yeah at times i'm like you're kind of robotic and it's creepy i would like to very much like to talk about um the nanny in this documentary who who broke my little heart over Uh and over and over again um 
The one where Drew sleeps with her because Drew is the star of everything. Um, is that the the one who lives in the playhouse? Oh yeah. Who, like, literally gave up? You know, we talk about this rags to riches to rags, but like, she gave up everything to come to this country. Hasn't seen her family in like, yeah, uh, twenty years or whatever it is. Sends all her money home, and like. She's kind of treated like shit. Like, she does way too much work. And is living yeah. in a box. Yeah. Like, I want to think that they take care of their people well. And I'm sure just even room and board is dope. But yeah, man, those nannies worked insane. Right. Insanely hard. And I don't know if they laid them off, like, later on in the film... I think they might have mentioned that they did, but, um... They laid off, like, they had, like, 20 people. Well, I thought it was kind of... It was weird. It was very true, and she said it very, like, just normally, but it's kind of a fucked up thing to say, is when they were at Versailles thinking they were selling it, she was like, well, think of it this way, you won't have to clean this place. And I'm like, true statement, kind of, kind of, uh really just on the nose yeah like, yeah yeah neither <laughs> it's kind of awkward you could i, I mean like you could have said like we won't have to clean this place which obviously yeah. like isn't anywhere true but it's just like no like there's they're the help and we are not and like that's what they do and this is what we do um i mean it's totally set up like an old almost downtown abbey thing with like true servants quarters or not Maybe they don't call them servants' quarters anymore, but, but that idea. I think she like, says maids' quarters or something like maid's that. Maids' quarters, yeah. Um, which I guess is fine. It's just to me, it's so archaic. Like, yeah, I mean, the, that's just the, from a different time. The line between this and slavery in my mind is like, is a small one. Uh, but. I think that this is normal for large houses, and I don't. I think we don't know this. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, <laughs> I also think this is like where we lose lose. We're not part of hey, this but, world. But at all. normal isn't necessarily like right. But I. True. True. But yeah, totally. I, I I I think more you're right. common than you would think. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. I mean, you're from you're from LA. You. I mean, I'm from LA. You know what I grew like. up with. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, large mansion. I I only had two uh, indoor pools instead of three. Well, and also you but, you drove your Rolls Royce. You didn't have a driver, but. right? I drove my Rolls Royce, but I I still, even though I was at a disadvantage, I still turned out okay. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's because you went to college. That's what, <laughs> it. Is because you got a college education. Thank God. Um, yeah, I just. I don't know. I feel like I could honestly just keep talking about this doc forever. It felt like a movie, too. I'll say that. What do you mean? I don't know. I felt really invested in the storyline, and I know that the storyline happened, but I don't know. I just... I, I liked the, the like... I, I think we all are primed already to like Rags to Riches, um, sure. We're all simultaneously primed to like rag to riches and primed to hate rich people. Um, of course. So putting that together was really, was really kind of nice. Yeah, I, I it's won a ton of awards. I didn't really read up what their beef was. Yeah. So um, basically, 
Um, they sued actually, Sundance, though, right? They sued Sundance and the filmmakers. Um, and actually, one of the things they sued over was the phrase rags to riches to rags. Um, basically, they sued over the uh, first um, the company sued, Westgate sued, um, saying that it ha- was libelous against the company. And then um, they sued, the couple sued. Uh, and um, the filmmakers won, like, flat out. It was just like, this is not... Li- First of all, it's not liable. And second of all, the releases you sign, and this is true of even the smallest CNBC show, the releases you sign uh, in, uh, indemnify the filmmakers from libel suits. They're allowed to defame you. Uh, you can't, uh, can't sue them over defamation. That was our legal aid expert, Jason Kaslin. That's right. Uh, welcome to the E&O Corner. I'm a uh, uh, legal boy, Jason Kathman. <laughs> um, yeah, but the filmmakers won, and they won a bunch of money. Do you think they sued them for money? Yeah, they 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 sued. No, I know. Do you think they sued them for oh, money? Oh, they needed money, so they <laughs> sued. That's, so they sued. That's possible. You might as well. And you maybe like halfway through filming the documentary, they were like, "We're gonna fucking sue for libel when all this is over." Yeah. I I always I've never made a documentary, obviously, but I'm always not yet, not yet. But we're we have one in the works. Emily, in our minds. Emily has one in the works, and I might tag along. Um, Jason, it'll be fun. Um, but I'm always uh, simultaneously like impressed and jealous of some documentary filmmaker's ability to like find a story and like stick with it. Where it's like yeah. this was one story and it evolved into another one, but she was able to stay there and stay telling the story, and that's always I think really cool. I also wonder if they were financially uh, motivated for that as well. Oh, that's an interesting thought, that she was paying them? I doubt it. You don't think they got anything? Oh, I didn't. No, I didn't think so. Um, certainly at the beginning, right? I mean, like, the filmmakers don't have a ton of money, but, like, at the beginning of the process, they wouldn't have asked for money. Maybe not. I'm just saying. No, that's I a feel like that's a good point. They have they have their mind on pretty much one thing. Mm. Dollar dollar bill bills, but that's fine. Maybe they were not. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they were not. Maybe they were not. I don't know. Um, I think we covered a lot, but God, there's more. I mean, it was like, I really liked this. This is one of my top favorites that we've done for sure this was my um this is my favorite one about a large house i could say that pretty confidently but it was also jason we've done an amazing thing oh we we have watched a documentary about the largest single family home built in the united states of america and we've also watched a documentary about the smallest houses you can build in Nor- in America. Oh, we have to find a documentary called like Medium Home. Medium Homes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mama Bear. Average size. house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Average home, and it's like it's like this split level, two two and a half bath. Um, that's great. That's a really good point. Thank you for for calling that out because I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, no, I think we've uh, 
we've hit the spectrum on one documentary genre of house size. Houses so, and house sizes. Yeah. So I think that's quite an It's a thing. So kudos to us. And we only did it in 36 or 7 episodes. That's right. We probably should pack it up now because there's definitely no other sizes of houses we could cover. You're right. Um, if you want to go back and listen to the, the documentary that Emily was just talking about, it's called um, uh, the, the podcast is called uh, Postdoc, and the documentary is called Small is Beautiful. Small is Beautiful? Is that right? Maybe. Small homes, a bigger heart. I don't know. Yeah, you'll find it. Just uh, Tiny homes, big dreams, mm, something like that. Mm, tiny home. Tiny tiny houses, little boxes on the hilltop. I don't know. You'll find it. But there's a whole list of them on our Tumblr page, which is postdocpodcast.com, tumblr.com. Um, uh, you could also go on our Twitter and scroll for a while, which is twitter.com slash postdocpodcast. Um, you can email us postdocpodcast at gmail.com with this we love fan email that's right and if you put us the subject line uh small home podcast please then i'll you know then you'll get an automated response it just may take several weeks um uh we have a facebook page um go work emily thank you yeah go good <laughs> did good done good things done good uh, things what are we doing yeah so next week uh, it's my pick um we're watching a documentary with i think one of the spookiest uh thumbnails on netflix it's called the imposter uh it is rated r so hide the children um Ooh. but it is it's it's a it's on the creepy side but it's like i've seen this one I'm a fan. I watched it years ago. I've been wanting to watch it again. So it's uh it's gonna be good. Sweet. Um, looking forward to it. I don't feel like you should have to go very far for a quote. Oh, I have a quote. Uh it's in, it's right here in my heart. Uh it's from uh the the great Benjamin Franklin. He said a documentary saved is a podcast earned. That's what he said. Wow about our podcast.